welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Behind the Sofa, where we're reviewing the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. Happy anniversary, Kirsty. <laughs> yeah, we managed to time this wonderfully well with the... Uh, I mean, we're watching horror, but we somehow managed to line up by sticking in the reshuffle episode. Otherwise, this yeah. would have been another week. But we managed to... Um, accidentally line up watching the most romantic of all horror films <laughs> with uh, with our six year wedding anniversary so happy anniversary happy anniversary um, <laughs> we had a good time we went on a, a, a somewhat of a spending spree bought a couple of nice blu-rays and vinyl and some other bits and pieces and ate a giant burrito about the size of my leg Yay. so uh, all that uh, a married couple could ask for um, and then this, and then this, <laughs> and then we just had to had to ruin it somehow. Um, before we do that, though, mm. we need to announce our winner of our giveaway. What was the giveaway? So very good. That was good. <laughs> what was it? Oh, um, what was it? Uh, so basically, we were giving away a retro VHS Blu-ray copy of uh, the Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is one of mine and Kirsty's like absolute absolute favourites. Um, so uh, it's got like posters and stickers and all kinds of cool stuff in there. So uh, whoever wins it, and here we are. I'm I'm currently I'm I'm currently doing priming the giveaway machine. Beep boop beep boop boop beep boop boop. And the winner. Are you ready for this? <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. I'm talking to them, but oh. it's okay. I, but I'm also ready. Okay, well, th- doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, and the winner is. Rogue Mama Bear. So, oh, so that, it's an Instagram one. So it's an Instagram one. So um, don't worry. Uh, if you don't know what to do, uh, we'll give you a message and we'll get your details and we'll send it out to you. And uh, congratulations. Congratulations. Well done. Our second giveaway. Because you did a little Friday the 13th one, didn't I you? I did. That was kind of through Kitty's Boutique, which is my uh, Halloween... Uh, Halloween store so anyone who's been to the Behind the Sofa website hopefully you've had a little look around you've had a look at the shop um, but yeah we uh, we did that as a little joint giveaway within uh, between Behind the Sofa and the boutique so so yeah if you're yeah. Uh, if you're looking for some Halloween gear then get yourself over to Kitty's boutique um, but now all good things must end <laughs> <laughs> all the goodwill and loveliness has got to uh, make way for some pretty gut-churning stuff. So what are we talking about today? Uh, This week is number 86 on our list, which is Pier Paolo Pasolini's Salo. So this came out in 1975, uh, about three weeks after Pasolini was murdered. We'll go into that a little bit later, but it's uh, quite a fascinating story. Now, this is the one that I had said that I really was not looking forward to watching because I'm not a fan of what I, you know, I I kind of ended up viewing this as, like, essentially it was going to be, like, torture porn, like, hostile or sore or something like that, which is, like, really not my kind of film at all. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like I'd also... Because I had told you about this movie before like yeah. I told you I'd seen it and when we saw it was on the list I was like whoo mama we got a real uh, a real gem in store for us at number 86 yeah um, so yeah um, tell us what it's about 
Okay, so um, this is it's set in uh, like World War Two uh, fascist regime Italy uh, in the town of Salo, um, and basically there's uh, four men who are in uh, great positions of power. So we have the Duke, the President, the Magistrate, and the Bishop, uh, hereinafter referred to as the Libertines, um, just so we know who we're talking about. And essentially, they uh, we see them at the beginning start to round up uh, young men and women from around the town, and we assume that they've been uh, caught or are going to be charged with uh, like anti-fascist or socialist um, actions and are going to be executed, or that they're going to be recruited into some kind of fascist army. But the uh, it's possibly even worse than either of those things yeah. ends up happening to these young uh to these young people so there's i think there's uh 19 of them in total or 18 19? 18 yes 18? there's nine boys and nine girls nine boys nine girls um and they are basically taken to this uh manor house and subjected to all kinds of horrific torture and uh just horrible horrible things so really not for the faint-hearted not for the weak stomached um is it ever like established why why they do it because they can is i well i kind of I mean, I, I, that's I, kind of like was my yeah. was my understanding I of mean, it but there's never like right well here's the the main because they're so a lot of this movie is like uh philosophizing and mm. kind of pontificating and yes you know trying to explain different heady philosophical ideas but they never really go into like this is the particular reason this is what we're trying to achieve it's very much like we do this thing because you know well i i mean that was what i the idea that i got was um because it's not i mean i you know i said earlier about like the whole sort of torture porn thing it is shocking but it is done in such a clever way that if you could look past like the you know the horrific uh, acts that are going on on screen there's like so much that is being said there i think that like pasolini was saying about like um what had occurred and it's amazing really because he'd uh adapted it from uh the marquis de sade um who wrote the 120 the last or the 120 days of sodom in like 1785 and that even that wasn't published until 1905 because the the contents were so distressing and disturbing and horrific so he essentially ended up sort of doing the same thing but in like uh, set in second world war italy um and uh making um uh what would you call it so it becomes like a commentary yes on kind of the, that was the word uh, on that was the, the word <laughs> you know on the on the war on the, fascism on power on fascism on you know consumer culture fetish and yeah, yeah everything and um, it's, it's really really cleverly done I mean I was surprised like you know it's difficult with these types of movies to say I think we've had movies like that previously where we've said you know like it's really difficult to say I liked this movie because yeah it is horrific like what happens in this film obviously we'll get into a little bit more about what goes into uh, what is going on in the film because at the moment we're talking about 
how <laughs> it kind of made yeah. us feel. But we don't really want to go scene by scene because it yeah, would, it's it kind would of a take... tough slog to go scene by scene with yeah, this movie. Yeah, I mean, and it would also take away from like if you were considering watching it, then it would we would be describing what is on the screen in front of you rather than like what was actually trying to be said by what's on yeah, the screen. Do you know not, what I mean? There's not like much of a plot to it. Mm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, like a a scene by scene. You know what I mean? They just kind of float mm. from one thing to another. They kind of base it loosely around the around the rings of the the levels of Dante's Inferno. Yep. So it starts off with like a a level of manias, and then it's a level of excrement, and then a level of blood. Um, so they kind of that's kind of like the stru- the act structure they put into it. Mm. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of rich people in a hall. <laughs> there's some elderly kind of sex workers there who are kind of trying to tell them these stories uh, to, to to get their blood up so that they can then commit terrible, terrible acts upon these kids that they've kidnapped, basically. Mm. Um, which of the, which part did you find the most disturbing? I feel like we've got to get it out of the way, for, oh, first of all. Which is the most disturbing part to you? Um... I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, there's some horrific scenes with, like, people being forced into acts of, uh, you know, depravity and uh, and various things just for the enjoyment of the other person, of, like, the libertines. And then, I mean, this is, like you said, you know, it's, it's 120 days, so it, ta- it takes place over four months. So when you start thinking about that, that they've been there for four months, subjected to all of this... Um, you know, I think it. I think towards the towards the final scene, but before the final scene, you start looking around at all of these like um, young people who have been subjected to all of this, and like the the life and the fight has just gone out of them, and mm. they're just like weak, and you know they're not that. There's nothing there. They're just basically like dead behind the eyes, and it is really disturbing to see. Yeah, there's there's. An what, instance, about, what about like an, an what about like a visceral reaction to like a scene? There's though? an instance of eye violence, and you know how I feel about eye violence. We've had this discussion previously. It's pretty intense, and you know, for like seventies um, violence, you know, like most of the violence in this is sexual, and then right towards the end, with it being the circle of blood, there's there's uh, some serious intense stuff. There's a scalping. There's a hanging. There's an eye gouging. Uh, there's a branding. There's uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, and so those bits, I was just like, this is very disturbing. But it was actually a lot of the like sort of sexual assault scenes and things. Like no matter what, like they will always be the most disturbing to me because yeah. they are just really, really intense. But I've got a, I've got a soft spot for the old poop eating. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's um, the, when I first saw this. I saw this with my good friend uh, Charlotte. Shout out to Charlotte. Hey, Charlotte. <laughs> we were, we were I was thinking about getting her in to watch it. But I remember how much she hated it the first time that I was like, <laughs> I don't think I can do this to her again. Um, <laughs> so you poop- do this to your wife on her anniversary well, weekend instead. Yeah, you know, I know how to treat yeah, a lady. Thanks, um, <laughs> um, but that's the scene I always remember from from when I was younger. Because, like I said, this this along with society was in a list of I think it was total film like the most disturbing films of all time. And being the kind of 
edge lord before edge lord was even a word i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna buy all these movies and i'm gonna subject my friends to them so i remember renting uh where, what the fuck imagine going to blockbuster and being like i don't know 120 Ta-da! days of sodom please yeah. um but what, what uh, other stuff was on the list do you remember um visitor q which mm. i know charlotte also has uh, very fond memories of that's a takeshi Mike film I think, yeah, Itch- you went through, I think you Itchy went the Killer it. was on there. You went uh, through a Tartan Asia extreme oh yeah, for time, sure. didn't you? Didn't we all? I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cannibal Holocaust was on there. Um, Which we've got coming up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this one was definitely on there. Uh, and just imagine society being more disturbing than this. Can you. I, I, was it though? Was it on the, the list? On I, the think on the, I think on the list it was number one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, this is more disturbing. This definitely leaves you cold. Yeah. This yeah. is um, but yeah, so I remember just that poop eating scene. Um <laughs> I remember it still. Like up until the, the minute we started watching it this time, I was like, oh, I totally remember all of this. Mm. Um it's it's pretty grim because it's not just gross is eating poop. There's like there's also kind of like the degradation of the people as well. I find that this movie there's some really striking like visual moments in it mm. um and some of the like the visceral reaction you get to some of the the torture and the violence and the sexual depravity is quite strong but some of the the words i find to be more equally as horrifying mm. as the rest of it you know i mean at the beginning when they're talking about like you'll feel you'll find no kindness here like you did in the outside world you're basically animals for us to pleasure ourselves with and I was like oh my god yeah, this is going to be a rough one <laughs> and but, it's two hours as well but it's, two hours of this but the way that it's depicted is the bit that like is really that was quite disturbing like all the way through is that it's you know this beautiful manor house beautiful grounds you know the uh, the four sort of main um, instigators the, the libertines are always like dressed in their finery mm. even like you know the the four sort of like the you know like the the middle-aged sex workers that they have like regaling them with stories of depravity yeah. throughout the whole thing are literally dressed like royalty and so it's like this weird parody of riches and finery and uh you know living a beautiful life and everything like that while you're being served excrement you know in this beautiful ceremonial dinner and mm. you know uh marriage ceremonies turned on their heads and made to look like black black mass rituals um you know and uh just just everything is slightly twisted but it is very much like if you were to view it from a distance um you know there there's a scene at the beginning when you've got like the uh groundskeepers and the maids who work in the in this house and they're sort of peering around the corner to see you know like these these uh young people all standing and and watching and being read these rules that are being read in this very you know i mean granted we watched the dubbed version sorry um so it may have come across slightly differently but i think it was the way that it would have been uh they would have wanted it to be so they're literally reading out rules as if it was like house rules you know like we always take our shoes off before we come in the house and Mm. you know we we do this and dinner is at six and all that kind of stuff but what is being read to them in that same tone of voice is basically that you are nothing you know you will only know pain from being here and you know all of these horrific things that are being said to them but it's just being said in such a matter of fact way 
and even later on when you've got like the libertines are sitting around like drinking tea and discussing the lives of these people as if they're just nothing to them um, well it's telling that in the credits the uh the the men and women that they kidnap are literally listed, listed as male victims and female victims yeah. so it's like then, okay we know what we're in for here and then um, the daughters yeah the daughters they, yeah they marry each other's daughters at the beginning as like the, the so it's beginning all fair part and, of it yeah it's, yeah um, they're pretty horrific like too. I said there's lots of there's <laughs> lots to read into it there's, but, but in terms of like things that people outright say that I thought were quite uh, telling mm. at the start the, the main mantra I guess is uh, I can't remember who says it actually whether it's the duke or the or the, or the bishop or whoever uh, all things are good when carried to excess mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like the you know that's the I'm loving it like that's their version of that okay yeah. is their tagline basically there was um, another one they said that grabbed my attention which was in our world our rules are the only legality which yeah. is so true of that world but also so true of like these four men who are in positions of power outside of this house as well um, and the rule, uh, and basically fascism, yeah. you know, and all of this stuff. And so they believe that they're totally free because they are rich and they're powerful and they have control over all of these people. But they 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 don't really have freedom. Well, I was going to say because um, <coughs> when we were watching this, we had to have a little a read up because you know what I mean. It's kind of like a quite a dense film. Mm. Um, as you said before, it's not like a hostel. Or no. <clears throat> a uh, a saw where it's kind of like it's just a visceral reaction and there's nothing to back it up. There's no kind of reason behind it. In this one, you know, Pierre Paolo Pasolini is quite a philosophical filmmaker. He's got you know lots of ideas and philosophies that go into his work. Um, so I, I think you almost saw this as like a dark comedy, which I know you know what I mean. It's not like it's not fucking Anchorman or anything like that. There's no like, <laughs> oh there's no one's thigh slapping like, oh, I'm the ate some poop. But um, but but you know what I mean. There is some kind of inside art house cinema chuckles to it, where mm. it's kind of like it's all about free. You know what I mean? They're talking about how they have the ultimate freedom, but their ultimate freedom comes with a book full of rules you know what I mean mm. they they have to read these house rules um, they have to abide in these ridiculous ceremonies where they dress up like old women and all I could think at that point I was like this is the shittest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race I've ever seen you know what I mean you can clock that guy's beard line straight away it was, they were terrible but, um, but you know what I mean the whole time they look like idiots they look like total fools yep um and I feel like we're supposed to be getting a good laugh at, uh, you know, they're trying to impose their their will and show how free they are. But at the same time, they're the one that are bound by the most kind of uh, uh, yeah, they're not they're by the not most truly, regulations. Yeah, they're not truly free. I mean, throughout the thing, like, like I said earlier, like you know, each of them is uh, each of the circles as we move through them um, has stories being told to them by the um like aged sex workers who walk down the you know this staircase in you know sequin gowns and then they're telling stories and they've got this voice this this their voices are just filled with nostalgia as if it's something that they're fondly recalling but when you're actually listening to what they're saying it is the most depraved disturbing stories of like what they have done in their lives um and it's backed up by you know this like uh, light, airy piano music, and the people who are listening are sort of sitting, like sort of wrapped 
in what she's saying but not there's some who are getting overly overly excited by it um but then there's other people who are just sitting and listening as if it's like you know a grandmother telling a story of her Mm. childhood and it's um you know it's got this sort of comedy element to it like the dancing and everything but then you know like if you were watching it without without sound uh and probably ignored the uh naked people sitting around in several of the scenes then it would just look like a normal yeah you know like i said it's not a a mo- it's film. not a movie where you know there's a knife wielding maniac chasing you there's no kind of like tenseness to it no there's it's just, ju- it's just kind of so matter of fact that it makes you feel it turns your blood cold basically because you are sitting there just watching it happen and mm. feeling like you are um not not involved but you know you feel like you are uh witness to it but you're mm. not able to do anything to to yeah. stop it you know it's just happening and and there's nothing that you can do to well like, i guess turn that's away. kind of like the, the point of it isn't yeah. it like pasolini's basically saying uh you know this is the horrors that are committed by the clergy by you know the government are committed just like sitting around talking in a room they're not you know jason Voorhees chasing someone with a harpoon or something like that no they are That's, real people it's yeah. the whole like horrors are committed by real people yeah but you like get the it. most disturbing thing about it, it's just like rich the rich people dehumanizing poor people basically yeah. that's all it is it's like they there's a scene you know where they basically treat them as dogs Yep. they have them naked on leashes and they're pulling them up the stairs and then they feed them scraps of meat and then some weird looking cake filled with nails yep um you know it's just the ultimate uh kind of degradation but i mean one of the things that i thought was maybe like a, uh the commentary was um you have the the victims and for the most part they are like quietly complicit they're docile they're just going along with what's being told for them to do and um and then when they're caught breaking rules which is like all of the rule breaking and their names are written down in a little Mm. black book which is you know like again like with all the rules and everything that go along with um you know with with fascist regimes um they resort to um blaming and implicating other victims in you know like well they're breaking rules as well so you know they did this and it's it's very much like you know the the whole story of what you hear of uh like fascism and nazism when it was occurring you had people who just stood aside and stood stood to the side and did nothing and just carried on with their lives and it's it sort of made me think of that like you know no one stood up and said no they just went along with it because it was the easier way of doing things and they didn't want to die yeah Pasolini's basically just kind of like pointing the finger at at us and at you know the people well maybe maybe more specifically who is pointing the finger at the people who kind of like uh you know were traitors i guess or people who informed or through you know you never know the situation that's going on behind the scenes whether your family's being threatened or you're being tortured mm. but also so basically he's just saying you know you're not also uh innocent in all of this as well they're all just informing on each other at any given moment yeah um let's talk about the the libertines Okay, they're gross. They are. They're, they are horrific. Do you know the actors? People. Do you know the actors' names? I do. Uh, so Let's the... get to see some awesome Italian pronunciation from <laughs> Kirsty. 
go on. So uh, the Duke, which I think was the younger guy with the beard, is that him? Like the the yeah, sort the kind of, of one like of the main ones. looking dude. Yeah. So that was uh, Paolo Bonicelli. Cool, good, nice, easy one to start off with. Um, the bishop <laughs> was the. Um, wait, I think I've got them wrong. Um, the bishop was uh, Giorgio Cataldi, so he was the guy who like presided over the uh, yeah, the ritual. Yeah. Um, he had that kind of like weird like swept over hair. Yes, <clears throat> and uh, he presided over the uh, like the, the the messed up wedding where that wedding was not cool. Cool's not the word. <laughs> that striking the, the image of him with that uh, the weird like goat skulls. I was like, that was pretty metal. Yeah, it's it's pretty like I said. It's very black mass. Like yeah. or what is what people believe black mass is to look like at least. But um, and then there's uh, Aldo Valetti who plays the president I think he was the younger guy actually if I'm right yeah yeah he was the president then the old uh, um, the one of the other guys was the duke then you had the magistrate who is uh, yeah the president was Aldo Valetti the magistrate was Umberto Paolo Quintavale nailed it apologies for anyone uh, nailed it yes but um, yeah they they all play very they're, they're very very good at what they're doing because you just have this you know they just look like regular guys like you know well well dressed not, not there's one guy that doesn't look like a regular guy the guy who plays the uh what's the, the president the president no, he's, is a, he the president? he's a real creepy looking motherfucker yeah the guy with the kind of slightly reddish hair yes and he's wearing like that fur jacket like a bunch and uh, his he, eyes are a little bit yeah yeah he look, i thought squinty. for a second i was just like is he blind like yeah, he does just have his, a kind of like a slightly cross-eyed yeah. look to him. Not that that makes him look creepy, but he just has himself has a he's creepy got face. Like, yeah, he's got like a thousand-yard stare throughout the entire thing. It's like he's off somewhere else. Thinking he seems about the most into things. it as well. He yes. seems like he's really loving it. Like, guys, when are we organising the next uh, 120 days of Sodom? We was great last year. Let's do it again. Yeah, he had. We'll go uh, to Centre Park. So we also. He's just got like this slight smile across his face at all times. I don't know if that was. Um, intentional or if that was just what the guy the actor looked like or or if he decided to do that but it just gave this like he just had this quiet beatific kind of calm zen smile i'd be really interested to see like how this affected their career because this was a massively controversial film Mm -hmm. um a lot to do with the fact that um Pierpaolo Pasolini was murdered like three weeks before the movie came out. Yep. Um, so I'd be really interested to know like how it affected their careers and you know what they'd done before. I can't imagine this is sort of like right, uh, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Um, we want you to play. Now hear me out here. This is gonna this is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough elevator pitch here. I want you to you know what I mean. I can't imagine that they were like super well-known yeah. actors beforehand um it was like listen you're gonna have your your butt you know yeah. <laughs> people are gonna be all up and in, in and out of your butt and you're gonna be doing did. stuff to other people and yeah. it's not like a real like yeah i want to be involved in that i imagine what the imagine what the fucking shoot was like as well they actually said and i read about this and i was like i can kind of see that they they actually said that like a lot of it was um because if you just look at like scene by scene like we were saying earlier there are scenes of like horrible disgusting things happening and horrible torture scenes and things like that but a lot of the other ones with the exception of like people being nude which you know they they would have to be comfortable with being nude mm. as actors in order to actually be there and they're not the only ones who are 
so you know if they're just sitting so in the in the sections where they're being told the stories and you've got the piano playing in the background and you've got people sitting sitting around you know it's not there's not this feeling of dread like you said you know and they actually said that like because there were it was like a couple of dozen young actors who were all you know like just hanging around and they were um they said like the the feeling on set was actually quite joyful oh, really? and you know they would play practical jokes on each other and like have a good time and have a laugh and all that kind of stuff and so much of all of the 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 darkness of it came in with the editing yeah. when they brought it all together and then you had the people who were involved in scene in different scenes and putting it all together when they finally saw the finished product they were like oh my god like you know like yeah. really not expecting it to be as like intensely gut punching as it yeah. as it was in in places because it was just so simply done um it's it's really interesting that like they just did it like subtly in places but then or just i don't know i think it was more because it didn't have you know like crazy incidental music like we're used to yeah. with horror films it just literally played it out as if like everything was fine and every day uh, you know a normal but when you look a bit closer when you look a bit closer you can see um like what is yeah you could, uh, I can't really explain it it's just it's difficult no I know you're saying you know what I mean it's not like uh, I imagine there is, there have got to be some other s- movies that we've watched already where the shoot was really more mm. intense you know what I mean it's like right you have to scream and cry and run away from this guy who's dressed up like a monster <laughs> for you know 14 nights straight in the middle of winter go you know what I mean yeah. I imagine it's you know what I mean? They got to sit in a nice castle with yeah. <laughs> everyone young and naked and having a good old time. You know what I mean? Wearing you've got, you've got to, and you've silky also, Yeah, you've things. got to remember that this is a movie and it's not real life. Mm. Despite, you know, and that's where I feel like that might have gone in. Um, Kirsty, is this a horror film? It's a horrific film. Yeah, that's it's, for sure. It's actually, what was it listed as? It was listed as something like a period art horror period art horror yeah period period horror art film so it's definitely art um art is is a way of uh depicting many different things it doesn't have to be beautiful you don't have to enjoy it but you do have to sometimes just look at it with a real subjective eye Mm. um so i would say it's it's you know it's beautifully shot it's very intelligent it's telling a story it's making you think it's yeah yeah um <coughs> like you said definitely horrific mm-hmm. not a horror film though yeah i f- i still feel that even the best horror films you know what i mean they don't all have to be uh, i keep on picking on jason i don't know why you know what i mean <laughs> they don't all have to be freddy krueger um chasing you around uh you know dramatic showdown and finale they don't all have to be that like that but i do think to be like in that upper that upper stratosphere they do the best ones 
have a bit of that to them as well you know what i mean mm. the shining has got some really awesome ideas and the exorcist and all those and rosemary's baby they've all got some great ideas and some points to be made but they also have some like really cool tense people being chased around all those you know what i mean there's a bit of excitement to it mm-hmm. the one downfall for me of sallow is that it does not have any of that um, maybe it would have been weird and kind of like out of step if all of a sudden it was like there was a there was a chase scene in the middle of it or something <laughs> like that. But at the same time, I just you know, with the with the subject matter they've got, I think they've done an awesome job. But all it just illustrates to me is that this is not the subject matter of a of a movie that I'm gonna crack on on a friday night when we've yeah. got some buds over and we're having a couple of beers or something it's not exactly like right who's up for sallow Woo. that's no, that's never gonna happen that's we- ne- unless you were me in my teen teen years um we've we've had more we've had films that we've described like this before we've said you know watch it absolutely are you likely to buy it and watch it over and over and over probably not no. Um, I mean, we can't speak to your viewing habits, you know. If you want to watch this on a weekly basis, I probably wouldn't recommend it, but it's up to you. But um, yeah, it, it's it's one that we would we would always recommend watching, but it's not going to be on a regular rotation. There are some. There are some. I've got loads of movies like that where I was like, that was incredible. I doubt I'll ever watch it again. Like, but I'm glad that yeah, I did. Yeah, movies like Come and See and things like that, where it's like this was a really important film and it made some awesome points and it was incredibly short and mm. made And but I just don't ever see myself feeling like oh I'm going to watch that again yeah um, which I think is fair enough um, does it deserve to be on the list above some other movies I liked it more than some other movies we've watched yeah I think so it wouldn't like it wouldn't also, if we're going on the idea that it is a horror movie then it's definitely better than a bunch we've seen already so it would already automatically not be at the 100 point which is kind of what I was scared that it was I was scared before we watched it that we were just immediately gonna be like like, this is absolute (laughs) dross Um, it's just up its own arse and it's like horrible for the sake of being horrible Mm. Um, which it isn't which it really really is I'm talking about like really fondly um yeah, but I mean, if you think about the fact that like this came out, like we said, 1975, so what, 44 years later, yeah. there are still countries in the world that have banned this movie. It was only um, allowed to be, like before 2010 in Australia, you were not allowed to watch this film even in your own home. Mm-hmm. It was illegal. Okay. It, it was banned. Wow. Um, Michael Haneke... Um, who directed Funny Games uh-huh. and the wonderful John Waters both list these this as like one of their top films. They say it, like they're they're big fans of the so, film. So maybe so they are getting see. people. Can you imagine a, a Friday night round at Michael Haneke's house <laughs> just uh, doing just remaking a cu- Funny Games? Why not? You know what I mean. Hitting a couple of beer bongs and then watching Salo. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. getting the getting the czar in. No. I can't imagine it. No. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean. Should we talk? We'll just talk briefly about yeah, um, I, Pasolini himself. Well, I was going to say that, and then he like little fact. Please tell me that you this. Uh, you know what I mean? I love when Kirsty does facts and like little bits of trivia and stuff. <laughs> Please tell me you have some trivia on what the poop was made of. Yeah, I do. Oh, awesome! I do. <laughs> oh my god, I do. Awesome. I didn't know whether you wanted to like of ruin the I, magic. Or... No, no. I absolutely. <laughs> I want to. I want to peel back that poopy curtain and, and, and see what's behind. It's so gross. Okay, so. 
It was made from a mixture of chocolate, marmalade, and then a couple of other ingredients, edible ingredients, but cl- totally clashing with like chocolate and marmalade. So when you saw the reactions of them, like actually taking like yeah. taking a spoonful, like that is like actual actor reactions to just how gross it would have tasted. Like from <laughs> when you're this like combination chocolate and marmalade, product. I was like, oh, like a Jaffa cake. <laughs> and it's like, you're just there, like with the spoon <laughs> in the bowl, like more blues. No. <laughs> Where all, where's all the poop gone? Sorry. Ollie. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I didn't know whether you wanted to, uh, like, I, I, I looked, I kind of looked at that, I was like, oh, okay, so, like, if we ever did watch it again, then it would just be, like, a little less. Yeah. I, I was able to separate I just, I would just think of Jaffa Cakes. I would yeah, just think Jaffa Cakes. But, um, would it surprise you to know that this movie was very popular in Sweden Charlotte. and actually grossed more than The Omen in Sweden. You sweet. What office. is wrong with you, Swedes? I mean, <laughs> come on. You've got some serious problems over there. Yeah. Uh, so, also with regard to Pasolini himself. Uh, so, before this, he did uh, the he did three films which he referred to as the Trilogy of Life. So, he did... Uh, I don't really know very much about these films. Um, but the first is uh, the Decameron, I believe it's pronounced. Again, I don't know anything about it. Uh, second one is the Canterbury Tales, which I've heard of, but again, couldn't tell you much about it. And, it's a really big, long poem. Yeah, and which is apparently now a film. And um, the third was Arabian Nights. Like Aladdin? Kind of, I guess. Can we sing it? No. We'd have to pay for it, wouldn't we? Yes. Okay, let's not. So that was his trilogy of life, and then he started off his trilogy of death with Sallow. So there were going to be two other films after this had he not been, like, horrifically murdered, um, like, three weeks before this film came out. I want everyone on social media to pitch... An all a sequel name to Sallow, 120 Days of Sodom, or what it would have been referenced to, 121 Days of Sodom. No, you know I mean? they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been like a follow-on. It no, no, that's why. But like this is what I. This is what. Area. This is what I'm. This is what I'm tasking the internet with. So please, if you can think of uh, an alternate title for two Sallow sequels, then please get us on uh, at Behind the Sofa. Uh, podcast on Instagram or facebook.com forward slash behind the sofa podcast and please let us know what you would call a uh, a cheesy follow up to Sallow <laughs> possibly directed by Michael Bay but there you go oh my god um yeah CGI, so, CGI so... poop flying everywhere no uh yeah so um so yeah uh Pasolini was actually murdered um like we said about three weeks to a month before this movie came out um and there were lots of different things which went into like what possibly could have happened but it actually remains unsolved to this day so there was uh, a boy of 17 named Giuseppe Pelosi who actually admitted to it and uh Pasolini was actually run over several times with his own sports car and then mutilated with an iron bar um so yeah, he, he uh, confessed to the murder. Uh, he was charged with it. He was put in prison for it. 
convicted and then uh, years later retracted it and said it was like three mysterious men who uh, who actually did it and the amount of uh, injuries were uh, consistent with it being like multiple uh, assailants but so wasn't it like some people like were saying it was the the marxist party some people were saying mm. it was like the italian police like yeah. the mafia yeah like loads of he different had a, he had a lot of enemies because <laughs> he was mark he was marxist he considered himself marxist but he um basically spent a lot of time having a go at the marxist party and marxism um he uh was you know outspoken against you know the fascism church the and government like and, yeah, i mean anyone uh he was also gay uh so we don't know whether like that had anything to do with it at all but there was a lot of stuff and like you know there were a lot of people that were talking about the film as well because it was only a few weeks before it was due to be coming out um so yeah and we don't really know there's lots of stories and ideas it's very interesting so if you are interested in true crime just go and get like go and dig into like what happened to pasolini because it is quite an interesting one i've only scratched the surface a bit there's a movie about it with willem dafoe oh really plays plays pasolini yeah it's directed by um abel ferrara the guy who did uh driller killer oh wow um bad lieutenant and you know uh a bunch of other cool cool movies i did not know that there you go okay um so the main the point that i ended up coming to with this movie um we we've kind of talked about it being like um commentary on like the fascist regime regime and capitalism and things like that i think um do you think yeah no definitely <laughs> it's oh my god this i feel like there's a million different threads you can pull on this one and eight like the fact that you know there's a lots of you know the four libertines basically represent four different like church state yeah, and everything else exactly yeah. the law system you know what i mean yeah, and the, and the and kind money. of and monarch like the duke would be like a like, nobility yeah, yeah exactly so i feel like the fact that those four have been chosen is no mistake um i feel like there's a lot to unpick a lot that's maybe above my pay grade over here but <laughs> but um but you know what i mean even just a quick little read and a, well even just watching it there's there's a lot of stuff comes to the surface but but yeah i'd say anti-war anti you know anti-capitalist anti-establishment basically there's a lot yeah. of stuff going on in it yeah and like uh how rich people um it's just a parody of uh what people do when they think they have money and power mm. but they're still being uh influenced because like we said the the sort of sex workers stories they're all like we are truly free because you know the the libertines believed you know we're truly free because we're exercising our right to do these things to these people to the lesser classes and stuff like that and just do whatever we want to do but then you've got the sex workers stories that plant these ideas in their heads of what they're going to do to these people so they're not truly free they're not exercising what they consider to be their urges or anything like that like their primal urges they're literally being like suggested to Mm. by someone and then and then acting out on it because they can and they think that they've got that freedom but then you have like one of my favorite scenes was um you see this one of the soldiers they've got like four sort of main soldiers and one of them kind of defects to you know he he ends up um he he's not part of the other three who are like quite happy to go along with what they're doing and uh he ends up having sex with um one of the maids who works in the house 
and the libertines catch him and they uh are pointing their guns at him pointing their pistols at him and he just does this like fist in the air like socialist salute and for a second they all sort of lower their guns and they just look like weak old men yeah they look, and they re- look, they look scared. really shocked by it they look scared and it's like they they're faced with this like the fact that there are still people who are going to rebel regardless of how powerful you are and regardless of how badly you beat people down there are still going to be people who stand there with their fist in the air and like fight back basically and that was like one of the most powerful bits for me yeah like a a moment of kind of not hope i guess but Mm. you know like a bright a bright moment yeah in in the movie um and probably thank good to go out on on a a good on a on a a movie like this yeah i think it just it just said basically that like you know when you're faced with these sorts of things and like you know all of the horrific stuff that's going on in the world if you can resist it with um you know a bit of uh emotion and a bit of love and a bit of compassion for others and um not being afraid to laugh at the uh, ridiculousness of the people in power um, then you know that's that's the way that you can fight these sorts of things I think. Yeah I like it's the fact that it's also probably the one uh, sexual act in the movie that seems to be done with any kind of like warmth or, and pleasure as well. Yeah. Like the rest of even you know the horrible things they do to one another there's there, there never seems to be any like joy in no. it for them even no. um whereas these two people who've kind of like stolen themselves away and they're having this illicit kind of secret forbidden affair they're the ones who are sort of like passionate Actually with one another emotion, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and that's it's... the thing that scares them most but there yeah. you go um didn't shit us up i wouldn't say no but it's worth a watch even if it's just once in your entire life yeah um not for date night absolutely not for date not night. for not for anniversary night either not for anniversary weekend no <laughs> um well there you go but we're, we're we're committed to uh you know committed to bringing yeah, this you is, this is for you guys bringing the news so you're welcome we watch the poop eating so you don't have to <laughs> um there you go um what have we got next week kirsty next week is number 85 so this is 1979's phantasm I've been so looking forward to this. I've not I feel seen like we've it. Got, I, nor have I. Ah. This is what I'm saying. I've been so looking because I know lots of kind of like touchstones in this movie, like loads of like different uh, classic images and things like that. Um, so I'm very, very, very much looking forward to this episode. Um, I feel like we're going on a bit of a run now as well. Like there's a bunch of movies in a mm. row where I'm like, oh, I've either not seen it and I'm excited to see it, or I've seen it. Um, a long time ago and I'm really looking forward to revisiting it but like, there's a bunch in a row where I'm like that's a good movie that's a good movie yep, yep, that's yep, a good yep, movie yep. Um, so I think we're, we're on a bit of a on a bit of a on a bit of a uh, roll now so yeah we we're good um, we also might have a guest next week as well ah, we're excited a guest. so it's not just us who um, you know we, we know a few people who are into their horror films uh, we know, uh, seem to know a lot of people who aren't so much into their horror films. So we were wondering, like, who we were going to be getting um, in to talk with us, uh, whether we could actually uh, bring anybody in. And uh, one of the first people that we thought of was our dear friend Charlie. And this is a different Charlie to yes. the Scream Charlie. This is Charlie Two, <laughs> as I'm sure she'll be really pleased that I've just called her Charlie Two. <clears throat> 
And uh, yeah, so we'll be bringing in Charlie for Phantasm. This was one that she actually picked herself because she wanted to do this one. It was a choice between this and uh, one or both of the Evil Deads that we have on the list, but decided to go for Phantasm. So we're going to be. If she behaves herself, maybe we'll let her back for maybe, another. Maybe, maybe. But um, yeah, so we're going to be hanging out with Charlie. We're going to be discussing it. Um, we are going to be watching it with Charlie, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, so Ollie is going to be grinding his teeth throughout the entire oh film because we love Charlie and I love to have a chat. We do not sit in silence like Ollie and I do when we watch and review. So, so this could be the way fun. a film should be viewed in <laughs> perfect silence. <laughs> No, writing notes no bag rustling of yeah. snacks and <laughs> that's it marshmallows only that's it so, so this will be fun yeah yeah but um yeah uh i'm looking forward to it very much the little summary that we have is a young man investigates strange deaths in his small hometown classic horror movie uh setup i'm happy with that yeah um, congratulations again to Rogue Mama Bear. We'll be sending Yay. you out a message uh, asking for your address and all that kind of stuff. Um, make sure to get uh, hold of us uh, on Facebook or Insta- Insta- Instagram. 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 Is that for legs? <laughs> yes. Look at all those Instagrams. <laughs> um, Instagram, where we are uh, at Behind the Sofa Podcast or Facebook.com forward slash Behind the Sofa Podcast. I really want to hear some alternate names for a, for a Salo sequel. Um, and also, I think from now on, we're going to start reading reviews as well. Yeah. So if you uh, want a review uh, read out on the show, uh, comment on the uh, the announcement ep- uh, post that we put up on Instagram or Facebook, um, and then we'll read out a review uh, on on the podcast. That'd be cool. Do we want to do the little reviews that we got of Salo just to? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, we'll give give people a, a tag and make sure they know they're on the episode. Yeah. So we've got uh, Oh Sweet Nothing said definitely one for the family Christmas movie list. I think you're fibbing there. Oh yeah. I yeah. Think. Uh, visceral... what's, what's, what's this in the bottom of the stocking is it a lump of coal oh no no, no. it's not but it does taste of oranges <laughs> uh, Visceral Stardust said it's been on the list but I've never got round to it and then the smiley face with the little bead of sweat so it's like I'm a little bit I don't know what list it's on it. I don't know what well it's obviously on the grossest movies of all time list no, but it says than... it's been on the list as in like my yeah, my to watch list I, I know, guess I know, I know. But um, yeah, uh, we also got a warning from Tabby Irvin saying, don't watch it if you have a weak stomach. Um, and uh, actually said that like the thing that, that gets her the most is the eyeball part, which I am in agreement of. That's pretty yeah, gross. it's pretty grim. Yeah. Uh, Just Doshia says, it's not for me. And India Loser says, amazing movie. So we've got some really good reviews going on there. So if you want to be involved in and get a shout out on following uh, movies then just watch out for us on Behind the Sofa podcast on Facebook and Instagram Um, give us your review when we uh, start uh, prepping for what we're going to be doing the following week and you could get a shout out on the pod so yeah yeah. Um, well I guess that's all that is left to say is from Behind the Sofa good night night night